Oh, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us once again for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, lifetime superhero fan, and you have tuned into the podcast about animation stemming from the world of comic books. Let me briefly explain the rules. Number one, comic book animation. We just went over that. Number two. Big fan of the old team-up books, Marvel 2-in-1, DC Comics Presents, Brave and the Bold. So this is a team-up podcast. Me and a special guest talking superhero animation. And third and most important, we gotta have fun. Welcome to episode 47. There's gonna be a little bit of extra rules this week. As you may or may not know, we are counting down to the one-year anniversary of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. So... We are bringing back the guests from our five most popular episodes. So, before we get into it, let me introduce the fourth most popular guest in the history of the multiverse. They're from the Home Record Podcast. Welcome to the multiverse, Monique and Alex. Hi. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much. Fourth, though? Thank you for, thank yeah, you what's for, up with that? What the heck? It's It was close. But close. Fourth Four is not close to number fourth. one. <laughs> Damn it. This fourth. Unbelievable. Well, you guys were uh, you were a slow burn. You started slow, and then you picked up momentum as time went on. <laughs> there it is. All right, then. Well, thanks for having us, Matt. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. It, it, it. You are, you do have the distinction of you're the only double-sized episode to make the top five. Ah. And the only couple to make the top five as well. Ah. Mm. All right. Way to, way to make us feel better. I, I know. I was like, well, that helps a little. <laughs> so welcome to episode 47. Last time you were here, we talked the Justice League Unlimited episode, Double Date. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. What do you attest your uh, immense popularity to? The topic of the episode or just uh, your charming and lovable personalities? It's got to be our charming and lovable personalities. I was going to say a little bit of both. I, I, I would put more stock and weight into my wife's charming and lovable personality. <laughs> I'm just kind of a, you know, I don't know. I'm just me. So charming, not so, so much. Lovable, plus, definitely not. I, I'm sure you had a great deal to do with that episode as well. <laughs> yes. So we can't take any... Like, all the credit. No. Well, I let the returning guests pick what we talk about. So, tell us what we're going to talk about and why you guys chose this. So, we're going we're gonna to talk about Spider-Man uh, from 1995. The animated. The animated series. show. One I, think of them. It, I think it was called just Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what it was called. But it's the animated series. And uh, we're going to talk about season two, episode number seven, Neogenic Nightmare, chapter seven, Enter, Enter the, the Punisher. Punisher. So you mostly picked this because of not as much Spider-Man, but 
the Punisher. Is that correct? That yes. is correct. I, I like Spider-Man, don't get me wrong, but the Punisher for sure was my is my favorite comic book character. Love me some Punisher. And, and yeah, it just so happens my wife feels the same way. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the cartoon itself, we're going to talk a little bit, because I've talked about Spider-Man so many times, this, we're going to focus on the background of the Punisher instead, because he's something we've never talked about on the show. Oh, another first. His first appearance was back in 1974, Amazing Spider-Man 129. Yeah. He was created by uh, Jerry Conway, John Romita Sr., and Ross Andrew. Um, right off the bat, I gotta say, uh, love him or hate him, he has one of the coolest costume designs of, of pretty much any character ever in comic books. Yeah, you can't go wrong with a skull. Yeah. Yeah, right. Heavily inspired by the Death Wish type films that were very popular in the early 70s. Jerry Conway has said that they were heavily inspired by a book series called The Executioner, which was uh, written by uh, Don Pendleton. I'm personally not familiar with that book series. I remember a movie called The Executioner, but I'm not sure if it's uh, if that movie's based on the book series or not. Now I want to read The Executioner. Back, <laughs> um, you look back at those that that time period, Taxi Driver, Death Wish. There's a lot of those movies about, for one, what what a hellhole Manhattan was back at that time period, and how crime was out of control, and the idea of people standing up to it. Without the police was very popular at the time period. Right. Designed not necessarily to be a, a a hero that I don't think they had intended him to be as popular as he would grow to come. That he would have his own comic series, multiple films, cartoons. Yeah. But you you never know what people will like. Now, uh, in doing some research, I found Stanley, who as much credit he deserves, also likes to make claims of a lot of things. Claims that uh. Originally, the character was going to be called the Assassin, and he suggested the Punisher, and that's how that name came about, which, knowing Stan Lee, could or may or may not be true. <laughs> well, Anything's possible. Well, he's not around anymore to, to yeah. defend himself, so I guess, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Has Have either of the other creators come out and said that that was... I, I, I've never found anything that, that disputes that, but... I wonder if that's because Stanley was still alive, so they they weren't gonna go against the man. <laughs> you, you don't know? mess with Stanley. I mean, the assassin is kind of a <laughs> kind of a lame name. Punisher is a much better name for sure. Yeah, that was a good call. Now, he was intended to be like not really a one-off, but he wasn't really ever intended to be such a massive character. Now, uh, Gary Conway says he came up with the idea of having a skull on the chest, but when John Romita took that he made the skull as big as he possibly could that that wasn't what conway really had pictured and then ross andrew had actually done the pencils for the very first story so that's why the three of them are all like three-way co-creators of punisher gotcha okay and the big skull works so oh yeah if, if it was a small it wouldn't i feel like it wouldn't have much as much emphasis of yeah awesomeness you can see it. It's like a brand, you know, like like not like a brand like you buy, but like the kind like you put on your skin. And depending on the artist, the uh, the skull is like massive, <laughs> like some people. Make. Oh, right. Yeah. So big. The Mike Zek. I, I, the first time I ever saw Punisher, I was in a comic book store. I think I was a, either seventh or eighth grade. So I would have been about 12 or 13. And 
the Punisher number one comic with the Mike Zek cover was on the on the counter behind like the cash register where they put all like the expensive or or valuable comics. And I saw that and I went, what is that? And it, I think it was going for like 50 or 60 bucks. And of course, at the time, I mean, even now, that's a lot for a comic. Right. And and I'm looking at it like, what is that? I have to have that. And I asked the guy, I'm like, that's Punisher number one. Is it? Is this like a monthly thing? Because I just got gotten started into collecting comics. He's like, oh yeah, there's some over there. The, the newest issues are there. And I went and quickly snagged up the the current two issues, whatever they were, and then w- from there went on and got like as many back issues as I could find. Loved the Punisher. Stephen Grant and Mike Zek did the the series you're referencing, and that was actually the first ever time Punisher had his own comic book. Yep, that five issue miniseries, right? Yep. Until then, he had had a series of appearances in and out. The only issue Punisher has is he's kind of can be hard sometimes to do his own story because number one, he's a vigil he's a vigilante that uses lethal force, and number two, he doesn't have any power. So after a while, you know, you can only showing shooting a, a gun <laughs> for, yeah for so long. I, I agree, and I think that's kind of why I wouldn't say I, I fell out of I stopped collecting comics. Uh, probably a couple of years after I started, but that was one of the things I found myself getting kind of, it felt like the stories themselves with the Punisher were getting kind of boring almost like, okay, all right, he's going to shoot some more drug dealers. Cool. All right. All right. He's now he's hunting down the cartel in Mexico. All right. He kills them all. All right, cool. You know, it's always kind of the same thing. So like you said, with no superpowers or anything, it's like, yeah, there's only so many and he kills everybody except for like one or two, you know, recurring villain characters for him. So, it, yeah, it's you know how it's going to end. But not it's, just that. But when you think of his origin story and kind of like what made him the way he is, like, how long can that go for? How how much can you punish people? I guess I, I guess there's always something to go after people for. But. Yeah, after a while it can get old, but I I love I love the story. I love the comics. I I really like the older comics. Like the newer ones are good too, but definitely the older ones just there's something about it. He got ex- immensely popular in the 80s. He got his own ongoing series after that miniseries. Yeah. Um dipping over to the 90s. The 90s he ran into some problems cuz he was still popular, but they were trying to come up with new ways to him and they did like the weird like where he was an agent of heaven for a while and they they did some weird stuff in the 90s until garth ennis took over and kind of brought him back to basics yeah and that's that's when it got like i, I that they did the uh the punisher movie off of that right the one in, that came out in 2004 with thomas jane was off yes. the garth ennis series right the welcome back frank yeah because the russian which was played by kevin nash was, right uh, yeah from the garth ennis run obviously quite Quite a stretch different. Uh, took some liberties with the source material on that. <laughs> yeah. And then no one can forget the Dolph Lundgren Punisher film from the late 80s as well. Awesome. Without the, the skull, which is baffling to me, though. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was the only thing. Like, I loved the movie when I saw it because I saw it right after it came out when it, when it first got released on video. And I remember just being like, where's it? Why doesn't he have the skull on his on his chest? Where's the where's the outfit? But they show it on, in his daggers. He was throwing daggers in that movie, remember? And, and like right on the edge of the dagger yeah, is the yeah. little tiny Punisher skull. It's like, so they got it in, but not, not not how anybody was expecting it. I'm halfway through the first season of the Punisher TV show, and 
Uh, that to me is the best version, live action version that they've done of the Punisher. I would agree with Unless that. Unless they mess it up in the second half. No, no, I, I that that first season really, really good. I I think I only watched one or two of the second season of the Punisher, and that's only because we got rid of Netflix. So I st- I haven't seen that all yet, but I I, I definitely it's, it's on my to watch list at some point if I can get like a DVD copy of it or something mm. like that. I definitely want to check it out. But John Bernthal, best Punisher. With, without a doubt. Agreed. Now, normally I avoid anything controversial, but with all that's going on with the Punisher now, we can't really ignore that this bizarre thing they're doing now with changing the classic Skull logo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the new look. Not a fan. Yeah, I think it's pretty awful. And, and I guess it's got something to do with the, the new storyline. I was actually reading this earlier that he's now a member of The Hand of daredevil fame yeah he's part of the hand and so that's why his like logo now is supposed to be like a some some kind of takeoff on that and meshing the two together or something like that but i'm shaking my head and rolling my eyes yeah i'm not 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 a fan of the new look not gonna get a whole thing about it because they say that the logo has been co-opted by people they don't like or whatever but even if i would take all that on face value i feel like it's kind of a cop-out who uh to change your logo, you're basically giving the people you don't like the power over you by letting them take away the classic logo, in my opinion. I'm with you. But hey, it's a business. They got to they gotta do what they got to do, I guess. It's all about the dollars and cents at the end so of the day, is, right? <laughs> exactly. By the way, the Punisher has, probably next to Superman or Batman, it's probably the most uh, profitable logo merchandise-wise of almost any comic character. Oh, I would think, think of so, how yeah. many people like, get tattoos yeah. of that skull. I know so many people. You know, like you see people get the Superman tattoo, the Superman logo, the Batman. But then I, yeah, I feel like the Punisher is right up there. Just like when you think about people are branding their skin and, oh, and now they're changing it. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, things always vary. There's always sure. variations, but Yeah. This is going to be, we're going to be talking about the first time ever the Punisher appeared in animation form. Like Alex had said, we're going to Spider-Man, the animated series. Yeah, and it's ironic because the Punisher first showed up in the comics in Spider-Man. Is that ironic or coincidental? uh, Oh, maybe coincidental or on purpose. (laughs) I don't know. But now he first shows in animation in a Spider-Man as well, outside of the comic. There you go. So we're going to November 4th, 1995, Enter the Punisher. Like Alex has said, it was part of that super long, all-season accompanying storyline. Here's the thing. I, I I applaud them for trying. The characters like Morbius and the Punisher, I just don't know if they really can be all that successful in comic book form. I mean, animation form. I'm sorry. with you there. I'm with you there. Yeah. I've discussed previously how Spider-Man the Animation had, Spider-Man the Animated Series had faced some censorship issues, specifically when it comes to these two characters, because, uh, spoiler alert, Morbius is on this episode. Morbius couldn't suck blood with his fangs. He has these little, had to do these little suction cups from on his hands instead. Yeah. And they couldn't refer to it as blood. He He needed plasma to live. Doctor, this patient has severe plasma loss or whatever. Like when one of the guys comes rolling in one of his victims. Yeah. Like how would you know? 
plasma. Punisher could not use any lethal force on the show, nor could he kill anybody. Um, even though it's kind of implied he has in the past, but you, he couldn't kill anyone or come right out and say he right. never killed anyone in the past. So you're kind of, I feel, kind of an uphill battle <laughs> for the animators. I actually feel sorry for the writers and animators for what they had to do to get around this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a tough gig. I mean, isn't um, it geared towards like the, it's rated it like, like TVY7, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, and there was a huge toy line, so they're also trying to sell toys at the same time. I, th- I suppose they, they must have thought the logic was that if they gave him a bunch of cool gadgets and all, he, he would sell a lot of toys on the show. That I mean, that makes um, sense. But Speaking of censorship, uh, I bring this up every time I talk about Spider-Man in the animated series. One of the censorship notes, when Spider-Man lands on buildings, it has to be made clear that he's not stepping on any pigeons. Are you serious? <laughs> that's, a, that's a real thing? Wow. That was one of the censorship notes. The Spider-Man cannot stomp on pigeons. Was that ever an issue? Did Spider-Man ever stomp on pigeons? Because I don't remember that. <laughs> wow. Is this like a Mandela effect where like apparently this happened and we just don't remember? <laughs> I could see if they were doing live action and you had an actor actually jumping from building to building, but they would literally have to animate him stomping on birds. So I don't know why that has to be made clear, but I always... Have to get everybody's reaction. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wow. Okay. Wouldn't you like to see that just once an animated man stomp on a pigeon? You see him land, you just see feathers flying in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode is written by John Semper Jr. and Carl Potts. Carl Potts is actually a comic book writer who had worked on uh, Punisher, so that's why he was uh, brought into this to help the story out. Wow. So they, they brought in a Punisher writer, and this is all they could do, huh? Could you imagine if they didn't have Carl Potts there helping how this would have come out? Probably. It might have been disastrous. I mean, it wasn't uncommon. A lot of other comic writers had come on to animated series like uh, Steve Gerber, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway. So it wasn't uncommon. But maybe they were just running into problems doing this with Punisher not being the Punisher. So maybe if we brought a writer in, he can help us out. Yeah. It's like they're pitching the idea in the office and like, okay, we're going to have the Punisher appear, but he can't kill anybody. He can't really talk about how he kills people. Um, We really need to make it geared towards kids. Go. (laughs) Ideas. Yeah. I mean, to me, it would be like, hey, uh, we want Steve Austin. We want to bring you back, but we can't have you giving the middle finger. We can't have you drinking beer. We can't have you say, hell yeah, or give the stone (laughs) stunner. All right. Go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what you got. So we're going to go over some of the uh, credit on the show. Uh, like I'd already mentioned who created the Punisher. He's voiced by John Beck on this. Which who, I, uh, I just want to uh, say, he kind of at some points almost sounds like William Devane when you listen to him. <laughs> I'm like, he, he sounds a little like William Devane, even though it is John Beck. John Beck had a... Uh, Reoccurring role on the TV show Dallas. That's what he's the most uh, oh, famous for. And that's Dallas. <laughs> Office reference. Now, there's uh, a bunch of characters on here, but I'm only going to go with the ones that are really uh, pertinent to the plot. Obviously, Spider-Man was created by Stanley and Steve Ditko. He's voiced by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who's uh, most famous for playing uh, Greg Brady in the uh, two Brady Bunch live action. Yes. Plays. I'm surprised a TV show or movie has not been rebooted. Of the Brady Bunch. 
Yeah, I know. That that I don't I don't know how you do it nowadays though. Just leave it alone. Yeah, you might, might they might just yeah, leave that know. one alone maybe. Morbius, the living vampire, is on this as well. He's created by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Um, he's voiced by uh, Nick Jamison, uh, who's done a, a lot of voice acting. He's actually Richard, Richard Fisk on the same series. He was Palpatine on the Clone Wars, Uncle Owen on Phibius and Ferb, Star Wars. Pretty much, he's done some acting, but mostly everything he's done has been voice acting. Um, so let's just take a mind here. You have a gun-toting, killing vigilante, and a vampire, <laughs> and... <laughs> You have to put them in a kid's cartoon and uh, not make it too violent. <laughs> yeah. And you, this is what you get. Uh, microchip. No, prep. <laughs> Did I just say microchip? <laughs> microchip. Microchip, who's usually referred on this episode as just Chip, was created by uh, Mike Barron and Klaus Jansen. Um, the late Robert Axelrod is, does his voice. Uh, he's passed away, no longer with us. He's most famous. He was Lord Zed in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Oh. The voice, anyway. Now, I'm going to bring this up. The Black Cat is on this episode, but she's just Felicia Hardy. She's Morbius' girlfriend, and she never appears as the Black Cat. So I don't know if that was something they built up to later in the series, but I found that a little odd as well. And uh, she was created by Marv Wolfman and uh, Keith Pollard. So was she ever Morbius' girlfriend in the comics, too? I don't remember it ever happening because he had pretty much been cured of the Morbius by the time she finally appeared. And then he didn't become back to being Morbius until late until the 90s. So it could have happened because I haven't read every Spider-Man comic, but I don't remember it ever happened. Okay. Interesting. Mm. So uh, it's going to be a very, uh, it's going to be an interesting episode, (laughs) but I'm looking forward to it. We're going to watch Spider-Man, the animated series. Enter the Punisher. We'll be right back, and we're going to talk about it. Coming to DVD. Those who do evil to others will come to know me well. The man must die. This is not revenge. It's punishment. Tom Jane, John Travolta, Laura Herring, and Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Call me the Punisher. Directed by Jonathan Hensley. Available September 7th. For limited time only, includes an exclusive Marvel comic book. Ready. Aim. Punish. The Punisher for Nintendo. Explosive arcade action. State-of-the-art weaponry. Got the guts? The Punisher for Nintendo from LJN. Everything's a target. Even you. If society won't punish the guilty. He will. You see this board here? Every time he kills somebody, I put a red pin in. So far, the only thing that I've got to show for is these little calling cards here. Now let me tell you something about this Punisher. If he ever shows up within 1,000 yards of me, he'll find out what the word punished really means. He defends the innocent. 
But if you're guilty, he gives no warning and shows no mercy. What the hell is this? Trouble. Dolph Lundgren, Louis Gossett Jr. Mr. P, happy hunting! The Punisher. Justice with a vengeance. Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... And we are back, and we just watched Spider-Man, the animated series, Enter the Punisher. Um, I gotta say, uh, I bring this up in the previous episodes, but you guys weren't on there. That is really one of the best uh, theme songs of any of the animated stuff that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know this, but uh, Joe, Joe Perry, Perry right? Aerosmith. Had, had, yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. I caught that on the on the closing credits. Uh, what did it say? Like, song... Or music or intro. It's like so fast it flashes by, but it was something with the song or music. And I saw Joe Perry. So I went and I IMDb'd it and saw it and was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. It's rocking. <laughs> so they gave us a little bit of a previously on Spider-Man. So you're not as you won't be as confused because they tell you what's going on where the cliffhanger was that Spider-Man just take that serum had grown the additional four arms. Yeah. Which. I loved in the comics. I love it here. And I know this is a thing about a living vampire and a guy who can act like a spider. But I really would love to hear the science explained on growing four additional limbs. (laughs) Yeah. And like the web shooting wouldn't come out of those either. Yeah. I I was confused by that. Like, well, how come he could only shoot web out of the hand that has the the, that's in the costume? Because when you think about it, spiders... Their their webbing doesn't come from their legs. It comes from their body. Oh wait. It, and they only have one that like part of their body it comes out of. What? Matt, maybe you can answer this because I'm not sure. We just watched the Spider Man movies, uh, all of them, and the Tobey Maguire one. He shoots web from his hand, like from his. It comes out of his body, like he makes it in his body, right? Yes. In the comics. Does he do that, or was it? Did he make the web fluid and put it like on on his wrists? No, the comic Peter Parker created the web slingers himself, so it was an actual device that gotcha. shoots the webs. It's not actually coming from him. Mm-hmm. Okay. They said that uh, they changed it in the film because quote they thought audiences wouldn't buy it that he could create the web slingers. Okay. All right then. There you have and it. At this point, you have to buy that he can climb walls and he's got the proportional strength of a spider-man but it's a bridge too far to say that he could invent <laughs> yeah right 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 he can't be that smart <laughs> so it's kind of clever when you think about it he he was trying to use the hand that the web shooters were on but he was having trouble because he has six limbs at this point well eight technically if you want to count his feet he was getting a little confused yes which that would be confusing if you have multiple arms and moving them yeah, think about it. If you were, uh, you know, would it be if you had to like grab a fork to eat and you had six limbs, would it be easy to control the one particular one to do the eating? Maybe if they're new, probably not. I don't know. 
Let's experiment. No, I'm kidding. I'll give them a pass. Maybe we're overanalyzing the science of growing <laughs> four additional limbs. Just a little bit, but, you know, whatever. So uh, May goes into his room to check on Peter Parker, but he's not there. The window's open. She's very concerned, but he doesn't want her to know that. I mean, how's he going to cover up that he's got four extra arms? Hide them behind his back. Yeah, this isn't like Clark and Superman not being in the same place at the same time. You really can't hide. You have four extra limbs. Right. So we switch to these. Felicia Hardy's been kidnapped by these punk rockers. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it like, what the f***? Like, what's going on? Okay. So that was Felicia Hardy that was kidnapped. I wasn't sure. I thought it was just some random Um, blonde girl. I didn't know. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, these punk rockers look like they're straight out of, like, Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they really were weird looking, I thought. Yeah. You find out that they're holding her hostage for $1 million. <laughs> <laughs> so the van dr- drives up, and you get your first glimpse of the Punisher, but he's kind of... You don't quite see him full on yet until he uses a plastic explosion to blow a hole in the wall. And then there he is, trench coat, headband, giant skull. Slightly different. The color scheme's a bit different, but still looks pretty darn good, I gotta say. He looked good, but I, you know, it's that headband, man. That headband. I don't know about the headband. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't doing headband. it for me. Yeah, maybe it was, it was very Rambo, you know. Uh, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he kind of gets into a f- fist fight and uh. Beats him up a little bit. He pulls his gun on the last guy who he gives up. But uh, Punisher says in this war, there is no surrendering, which at that point, he the guy jumps out the window. <laughs> so the cops will uh, arrest him. It's almost like um, you, he wants to say there are no survivors, but he can't. Right. So uh, he uh, frees Felicia, who thanks him, and he leaves. I got to say, this Punisher seemed kind of happy a lot of this episode. He seemed to be smiling a lot. Yeah, I noticed that too. Very uncharacteristic of the Punisher from the comics that mm-hmm. we all know and love. I mean, take in mind if you don't, if you're not, if you're unfamiliar with Punisher, he became the Punisher because the the mob murdered his family for to silence him for witnessing a crime. So he really shouldn't be happy at all. Right. So uh, we get in the van. Our first look at Microchip, who has a a job for him, and you see Spider-Man's on the screen, and Punisher says that uh. He was wondering when they were going to tangle and uh, that he's going to make dog meat out of Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, yeah. We go back to Spider-Man. He's uh, he's not sure what to do with his arms. He ends up cutting, cutting holes in the Spidey suit so it can accommodate his multiple limbs. So he's wearing the spider suit, but the, the four of the six limbs are just are bare. They, uh, it's like a muscle shirt except for <laughs> His original arms. <laughs> his spider sense is going crazy, not because of danger as much as because of the arms and the serum within him. It's causing him great pain, so that's causing his spider sense to go on. And just at that point, it gets a call from Mary Jane, who wants to offer him a romantic film tonight. Yes, Mary Jane wants to hang out of all nights. She chooses that night. She wants to see her tiger. Mm. So Peter Parker, he uh, turns Mary Jane down. She can't believe it. He's uh, been avoiding her for quite a while. She says, don't you dare hang up on me or I'm coming over. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and who really hasn't been in the position when the girl you've been in love with your whole life calls you and you have to turn her down because you've grown four extra arms? You know what? If she really loves you, she would understand. So just saying. She wants a piece of her tiger. She does. Hey, more more hands to grab her by and whatnot. Oh. That could be adventurous. Hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to move beyond that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this is family friendly. Huh? Oh. This is family friendly. <laughs> so uh, we uh, next we get a quick scene of Morbius attacking an innocent victim in an alleyway using those suction cups in his hands to get the <laughs> plasma. The plasma. <laughs> the plasma. <laughs> and then we switch to uh, Spider-Man goes to uh, Dr. Crawford for help for his six arms. Who's uh, she gets really shocked by what she sees. Which uh, Spider-Man asks, you think it'll ruin my career as a swimsuit model? (laughs) Eh? The cheesy one-liners from Spider-Man are just priceless in Mm -hmm. this. She says she needs not a plasma sample, but she actually does say she needs a blood sample. That's right. She does. And they said this is like the only time for some reason they were allowed to say blood in that certain scenario. And I'm not sure the logic there. Maybe because it's scientific, not through violence. Maybe, maybe. They uh, turn on the news and they find out that uh, everyone thinks that Spider-Man kidnapped Felicia Hardy and not Morbius. And uh, they even ask uh, her why she thinks uh, Spider-Man kidnapped him. And uh, she says how she uh, hates Spider-Man with all her heart. And soul. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Punisher is also watching the news. And where uh, Chip tells him that uh, this is his big opportunity because if he brings Spidey in alive, it'll be a big step in redeeming himself in the eyes of the law. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I just got to talk about this a little bit. Like this whole thing with the Punisher redeeming himself in the eyes of the law. And the whole time, like he's going after Spider-Man without getting his facts on his target about Who's really the bad guy? And then he's just watching the news in his van. Like, okay, I'm going to watch the news and take it for its word when it's obviously skewed and wrong. But the Punisher's just like, okay, I'm going to do what the news says. I'll go by that. So that irked me a little bit. Um, I'm not sure at this point if uh, you've actually gone on your, uh, you've took it upon yourself to go and murder a bunch of, you know, criminals are not, regardless of their crimes. I don't know how you're going to really get all that routine by the law by uh, bringing in one kidnapper. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Punisher is technically a mass murderer, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's what that's what you'd classify him I, as. I, mass so. murderer and serial killer because he does multiple murders at once and he goes around picking people off. So he's kind sure. of a bit of both. I mean, New York has some pretty strict gun laws as well. So this guy is probably broken multiple uh, gun violations as well, on top of all the killing and crime he's committed. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got a rap sheet, I'm sure, that's probably... I, I mean, the list of charges, it would probably be like one of those... You remember like the old, uh, when they would um, like whip out the wallet and it'd have like tons of stuff in it? Like if they like displayed his rap sheet, it would be like this <laughs> It would long, just roll out miles long. Roll out, yeah. All the different murders, charges of guns, and all whatever else, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank says he doesn't care about redeeming himself. Then it's okay. Yeah, that'll redeem him. Uh, he doesn't care about that, but uh, Micro says, you know, as his friend, 
He doesn't want Frank in jail or worse. Um, and he begs him not to use any lethal force. And there, and there's how they got around it yeah. for his, uh, his more confrontation with yeah. Spider-Man, I guess, right? You go to the news and there's a uh, guy outside of the hospital climbing on a wall. Even though uh, we, the audience see it's Morbius, everyone is convinced it's actually Spider-Man, including J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> yep. Because no one else can climb on a wall like that. Well, that's what Felicia Hardy says. Who else can climb on walls? It must be Spider-Man. Disinformation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man, he's got to help. He wants to actually help Morbius. He knows what's going on. But he shows up because even when the the, Morbius avoids the spotlight, so they still can't point out that it's not him. But Spider-Man shows up and they get to a big fight on a rooftop. That's the scene where Spider-Man uses... The wrong arm to try and activate his uh, web slingers. There we go, yeah. Which I thought is actually, if you think about it, I think it's kind of clever writing, actually. To They actually thought about the logic of if you only had web slingers on one of his six hands, maybe you would have a hard time operating the right hand. Yeah, I thought that was definitely, that was that was, that was was clever. Mm. And, and like I said before, though, I was a little confused because I, I wasn't sure. Was it, did he make the web slingers or did it come from his body because again we just w- literally just finished watching the first three toby Maguire spider-man movies this week and we just finished part three a couple hours ago and it's <laughs> so, hard to remember like which yeah. spider-man does it like from his wrist organically and which use the web slinger so yeah well if you've seen uh you probably haven't yet because it's so new spider-man no way home oh yes uh, we saw it they actually we did see it yeah, they they reference how Toby doesn't have the web slingers and they do. So yeah, yes, yeah, and I, and I thought that was really cool that they that they did yeah. that whole thing. That was really well done. They uh, finally get Spider Man in the spotlight, and someone yells, "He's turned into a freak." That's not <laughs> nice. Uh, then uh, Punisher goes after him, and he's got this ridiculous jetpack on. <laughs> In this what, what's up with the Punisher's technology he has? He's so high tech, and I don't remember that in the comics. Well, I know when Microchip got invented, they they upped his technology a little bit to try and make it. But did he have like voice activated missiles coming from his van? I'm not gonna say no because he might have. I don't remember that. I especially don't remember ever having a, a jetpack. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember the jetpack. Spidey has another great line where he says, "Uh, the skull and those corny lines." You must call yourself Bonehead. Bonehead, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> uh, oh, man. He shoots Spidey with this weird gun that shoots like an electric bolt that like wraps around Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, which was kind of weird. Uh, I mean, that, I guess you got to do what you got to do where he can't use just regular guns. He uses his web swinger to shoot it away. But then as he's escaping, he puts a little tracker on Spider-Man's ankle. This was kind of weird because he uses the tracker to have a flare that follows the location. So it shoots the flare over Spider-Man so the Punisher can find him. Yeah. A little weird. Yeah, it was kind of odd. Spider-Man knows he's out of web fluid. At one point, Punisher shoots this giant like water bomb thing that causes Spidey to slip right down the building. <laughs> yeah, that, that one was... Yeah, that one made me LOL. Spidey's, uh, the pain of the additional arms really starts to get to Spider-Man, which I believe scientifically speaking, uh, um, 
I may be just trying to sound smart, but I, I believe if you actually had six limbs, it would put a unbelievable strain on your heart actually, because of all the blood pumping to the, to the six arms. So it's actually, I think somewhat rooted in science that he would be in a lot of pain if he had, you know, six, Not just that, six arms instead of two. But the arms are muscular. So that's more weight. Obviously he's super strong anyway, but that's more weight for him to have to carry. So yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. The 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 blood pumping to the extra limbs, yeah, especially four. Jeez, that's yeah. I I could see that being scientifically accurate. Mm. You know, uh, Punisher leaves on his jetpack. The chopper falls him. We get shots of the cops and JJJ trying to figure out who this uh, Punisher is. They want to get some background information on him. Spider Man attacks his web to the chopper, where uh, Frank's gonna use a uh, missile launcher to take him down. He's got the thing aimed right at Spider-Man. This one's a little strange to me because, I mean, conceivably, if uh, he misses, he these guys in the helicopter haven't committed any crime. Punisher's going to blow them all yeah. up. Right. Yes. That's how confident the Punisher is in himself. Well, the next scene would kind of uh, back you up there, Monique, because his aim is so good with the missile, he can just hit the rope. <laughs> the rope, yeah. yeah. With a missile. Yes. <laughs> with a missile. Yeah, and and I was I was wondering that too. It, he hits it, and I'm like, okay, where's the explosion? What did it hit? Did it hit? Did it just keep going up in the air? Like, when is this thing gonna come down, and what's it gonna hit? It just softly lands on a rooftop, right. disarms itself. <laughs> Maybe it just blew up in the air. I, you never really found where it went, but it was precise enough to cut that rope. Oh yeah. But the best part shot. is if in the. It was aimed at Spider-Man. Like when they show like where the target is, it's showing on Spider-Man himself. And then the helicopter moved up, but yet it got the web. I'm I'm not going to try to figure that one out. I'll hurt my brain. So then we go to Robbie Robertson, who's actually done his homework and uh, he's got some background on, on Frank Castle, the Punisher. He knows his name. Says he's wanted by the FBI and the CIA in connection with the disappearance of crime fighters, not the murder or death. Right. Yeah. That wording. Just the disappearance. Which technically when someone dies, they do kind of disappear in one way or another. (laughs) Yes, that is true. (laughs) And now J. Jonah Jason wants to turn him into a hero. But Robbie says no, because not only does he use lethal force, he shoots first and never ask questions <laughs> yes not shoot first ask questions later it's never ask questions period right and he hopes peter parker is getting pictures of these <laughs> nobody's been able to contact peter parker so finally spider-man breaks free from this net and then punisher shoots this like ridiculous glue gun at him that sticks spider to the wall at this point i really was getting tired of all these stupid gadgets the <laughs> punisher had yeah. I know. I was like, is this dude Inspector Gadget or what? Like, why does he have all these non-lethal gadgets at his disposal? You know what I mean? Like, all he does is go out and kill people. So why does he have a water gun, like a glue gun, all this? Like, what is this? Like, at this point, I really just wanted him to pull out a newsie and just start sh- yeah. shooting yeah. at Spider-Man. Right. He explains to Spider-Man that he punishes those who prey on the innocent and you kidnapped a student. Now, this really gets Spider-Man hot into the collar. He's like, you better get your facts facts right next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's got a point. Threw him against the wall. 
and webs him there. He's really mad. I guess Spider-Man, he's got <laughs> fake news really gets Peter Parker. In. Well, he works for a newspaper, so you can see how uh, fake news would really get his blood boiling. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Punisher says next time he's going to use lethal force, which has another great quip from Spider-Man that he's so scared. He's going to start biting his fingernails. And man, do I have fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then Punisher, of course, uses the, the the van voice activated to shoot a laser that frees him of the wedding before the, of the wet, webbing, not wedding, <laughs> before the police can get there. This next scene was just ridiculous. He falls towards the van and the jetpack's not working. So he parachutes yeah. down to the van. Yes. Again. You could not possibly release a parachute in time before you hit the pavement. It just, it, there it was not enough distance. This is animation, man, for, for TV Y7. At the rate per second you're falling, there is just no way he could have opened that parachute and had it saved his life. At best, it might have slowed him down. <laughs> Kids yeah. are going to be jumping off their roofs with like sheets, like, I'm the Punisher. <laughs> oh man <laughs> alright we go to Spider-Man's at the hospital he sees that more victims of Morbius have been uh, brought in they've lost so he's, much uh, plasma yeah they lost a lot of plasma he's got to find it but he's so overwhelmed by the uh, the pain of his arms but then he has a flashback to the last time he put his personal needs before doing the right thing which is Back when he was a, a professional wrestler, he didn't stop the burglar that killed his Uncle Ben, which had a great line when he said, hey, I'm a wrestler, not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <That was> his... <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject, Alex, do you know the name of the wrestler Spider-Man originally fought way back in Amazing Fantasies 15? Oh, no. Was it? Bo- not, it, it wasn't Bonesaw, right? It's not Bonesaw. Okay. Nah. It's not Bonesaw. You got me. No, I don't know. It was actually Crusher Hogan, if you can believe it. Was it? No kidding. Okay. I love how you don't ask <laughs> me that question. You're like, oh, no, we won't bother Monique. Well, did you know She it? won't know it. <laughs> I should have given you the opportunity to answer. I, I apologize. I didn't know it, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to mess with you. So he's going to overcome the pain to find him. He goes home to try and, well, we're going to find out later on why he goes home or Mary Jane and Aunt May are there. They're really concerned with Peter. So he sneaks into his room to use the computer so they can't find out. Where he does this weird programming where he's going to use the distinct noise on the tape recorder to find where Morbius was. Um, which, in a few minutes, I'm going to explain the process of, <laughs> of how that worked. It's even more ridiculous than it sounds. Yeah, yes. that part confused me a little bit. Yeah, I I was I was a little confused by that as well. Do do you remember the line that Spider-Man used before he crawled into his room to use the computer quietly when he saw Aunt May and Mary Jane? Uh, I do not. I feel like a heel. <laughs> and they had the flashback to the wrestling. So I thought that was funny. Yeah. Since you were confused about uh how he was going to use this to find it. He's uh, pinpointed some of the sounds, estimated Morbius's gliding speed 
and extrapolated the distance he flew. That's how he tracked down the location of Morbius. So where did the tape recorder, the the recording come from? I'm, I'm assuming that was the previous episode. That's what I was yeah. assuming yeah. too. Because that's what confused me. It's like, okay, but where'd you get the audio? <laughs> yeah, we, we were we were both looking at each other like, where'd the audio come from? And then we just we figured it had to have been in mm-hmm. a previous episode or something. Now, Peter Parker's been well established as a genius, but this seems a pretty flimsy explanation for how he's tracked down Morbius. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Hey, a seven-year-old is not going to question that. <laughs> Probably not. We find out that the whole time Punisher's been uh, tracking Spider-Man, so it's a good thing he left when he did. Otherwise, he would have led Punisher right to his Aunt May's house. So we get this bizarre series of events of Spider-Man listening to different sounds, finding it. He's like at a theater, a fountain, and the final sound of the tape he realizes is a bat. Mm-hmm. Any self-respecting bat. Like... <laughs> Really? He said that? <laughs> he did, in fact, say any self-respecting bat would be up high. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to find the, 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 the bats without any respect. <laughs> they're like the Rodney Dangerfield of bats. They're like, I got no respect, no respect at all. And they're, they're, they're somewhere lower and underground. So he, he climbs up kind of a tower where there's Morbius working on the, the cure. Um, they get into another fight. We didn't mention it before, but Morbius's voice is goddamn terrible on this show. It sounds like some like really bad Bella Lugosi <laughs> knockoff voice. It's really horrible. Michael Morbius isn't even European, so I don't know why the hell he's talking like this. <laughs> yeah, got me. Uh, yeah, not not uh, not the best voice choice, but mm. you know, what are you gonna do? But maybe because it's entertaining for kids. I'm just assuming they assume most young people are automatically going to associate that with a with a vampire. So um, that's why he did that voice. I mean, it's the same voice pretty much. I mean, not as bad. Adam Sandler puts on in those Hotel Transylvania <laughs> movies. Right. Blah, blah, blah. God, I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that part of Transylvania Hotel Transylvania. It gets me so angry. Just thinking about it now actually gets me angry. <laughs> I don't sound like that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Who? Where does the blah, blah, blah crap come? No one ever says that. Why is that such a thing in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, Morbius tries to explain that he doesn't really want this, but his plasma lust is just too overwhelming. <laughs> that sounds plasma like a really lust. good song, like plasma lust. Oh, my. Well, he escapes, but Spidey's about to follow him, but then Frank uses the missile and actually blows up the entire building, which again, how does he know there isn't anybody else in that building other than Spider-Man? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very irresponsible Mm -hmm. of the Punisher. He manages to uh, shoot Spidey down and falls into this big warehouse. He crashes into a building. Punisher comes to confront him, and then, in pretty awesome cliffhanger, I must say, Spidey turns into this giant spider-human hybrid where he's like got claws and he's got the, the gray fur. I don't know if you call it fur with spiders, whatever it is, and multiple eyes and hairs probably. <laughs> That's the big cliffhanger where Punisher is like, oh, crap, what's going on now? Yeah, he seems a little taken aback by that. 
as you would. It looks like Spidey's like lost control completely. Like he's like growling and screaming. Like he's turned into a full-on monster at that point. Yeah, I gotta say, when that happened, I was I was very surprised that to be continued popped up on the screen and it was a cliffhanger. I'm like, come on. Well, like that whole season, a lot of those seasons were like one giant. Uh, um, yeah, like to be continued story. episode. Yeah. If they're trying to make it like a comic, I kind of like that they did that. I mean, I, I didn't watch the the series or anything aside from this one episode, but I did look uh, doing some research and everything about this. It seemed like they were trying to make everything like one long story arc for an entire season on multiple of these seasons. Yeah, it was pretty much every season except for season one did that. So it's like all episodic and they were just trying to keep one long storyline going for the whole season. I I thought that was kind of clever. There you have it. Spider-Man, the animated series, Enter the Punisher, part one. So that was um, definitely, uh, before we get into any review, definitely... An interesting mix of ideas thrown into this episode, I gotta say. That's a sweet way of putting it. Yeah. I'm gonna get more when we actually give it a ranking, but like I really think that it was I, I know they did probably the best they could, but man, the getting around what Punisher does and whatnot really had some varying interesting results. We'll put that. Yeah, I, I, I think the Punisher is definitely a character that is better left just in the comics or on, on like the big screen or like a pay channel For TV adults. series. Yeah, more of an adult type character. It's mm-hmm. not really something that I think is that children should be. It's something that should be geared towards children. Yeah, I know that they have to make differences with a lot of characters, but this one just seems like there's too much you have to get around. I mean, Morbius is bad enough with being a, the living vampire but punisher is just like and sadly uh like we talked about off off the episode apparently he's on an episode of the superhero squad and i'm really baffled on how that one works because well, that's even more watered down than this is i couldn't even imagine what they do there I couldn't he's just even a imagine. good guy with a skull on his shirt yeah i couldn't even imagine like how do you what do you do? He's like, <laughs> I'm gonna hand you lollipops. Here you go. Jeez. So before we get to the ranking of the episode, how would you both compare their interpretation of the Punisher to the version that is your own particular favorite? It, I, I uh, their version, it it stinks. I mean, he looked cool. The look, the animation on him, everything that that I thought looked cool. Aside from the headband, I was never a fan of the headband. I think he had a headband maybe in like one comic that I can recall, and and it was, uh, I, it just doesn't work for me. But I think you're right. I think that maybe they were trying to go for like a Rambo type look or something like that. The gadgetry that he had was, yeah, it was ridiculous. But I mean, again, with all the essentially all the handcuffs that they had writing the character and, and having them work for this particular show, I guess it's understandable, but not, not appealing to me. <laughs> and, and just, yeah, just the, the, he just, he didn't seem very intelligent. And, and I say that because he's just going off of the news broadcast about Spider-Man. So he's obviously not getting his facts straight as Spider-Man himself points out in the, in the show. And, you pointed out he's shooting missiles into a building. How does he know the building's empty? Has he 
you know what I mean? So he's not very not responsible, not very intelligent in his his attack, I guess. Wasn't a fan at all. Yeah, with my love for the Punisher and the comics, watching this episode, I um I don't feel right inside. Jeez. <laughs> like <laughs> Wow. I feel like Alex, you summed it up very well, but inside I just yeah. Doesn't make me, yeah, not not feeling good about it. It felt like they tried to borrow different elements from different versions of him to try and put them together. And I know they're trying the best they. I, I just he's he's too happy for number one. That that bothered me. Like he shouldn't be happy. I I just don't think he pulled it off. To be frank, I don't I don't know if. If it's possible to pull it off. Well, can't you just, can't you have him as this like angry, like guy and maybe has some kind of backstory about Spider-Man where he thinks Spider-Man did him wrong. And every time he tries to use lethal force, like something foils it from happening. Like they're not to play Monday morning quarterback, but there's, I think a way to do a little bit better. I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, we don't know what, what were the, was there any kind of censorship as far as uh, like type like guns being shot with bullets? Was that like maybe a censor note, like a note they got from the censors as well that they couldn't do that? They probably were told to yeah to stray away from like machine guns and revolvers and things like that. Right. So that's that's the other thing because you you know he he held the gun out to that the the guy at the beginning the punk that he was going to shoot. Mm-hmm. And obviously the bullet never fired. He never fired and missed. Nothing like that. But he he pulled the gun out, but he didn't shoot it. So that's what I'm thinking. That they probably had some kind of Clever directive. editing. They they could work around that. I don't know. Well, if I had to compare it to anything, like the Joker is like a murdering psychopath, but he's been used in multiple cartoons, and he doesn't seem like a completely terrible, watered down version of the Joker. So maybe there is a way to do Punisher in a cartoon. Just a better writer than me, I guess, would have to to show me how it can be done there's a way i'm sure it's just because anything's possible but it's just the right creative mind hasn't attacked it yet i think that's what it is so we're gonna go right over to our spectrometer for anyone new to the show the spectrometer is where we rank what we saw zero being absolute garbage Four Spectros being it just doesn't get any better. Monique, we're going to start with you. How are you going to rank Enter the Punisher? I'll give it a... I'm going back and forth between a one and a point five, uh, like a half. <laughs> um, because I'm happy that there's something with the Punisher, but I'm not happy that this was the end result. I'll go so I'll go with a half. Going to go half a Spectro? <laughs> yes. Alex, what do you think? I, too, will go with a half a Spectro. So I guess if you total it up, that'll be one. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> it's just that thing. It, it's, it wasn't... And that's a, it's my favorite character, and I just felt like it wasn't a, a very good representation at all. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher, but not much. I'm going to go one and a half. <laughs> um I liked Spider-Man in the episode. He was consistent and well-written. I like the idea of Morbius and Punisher. I just really felt they both just didn't 
they just didn't work for me. They just weren't good. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Spider-Man for sure. I I, I think the, the they definitely did, did a good job yeah. keeping Spider-Man true to being Spider-Man, but but we weren't watching it for Spider-Man. No. And there's been plenty of much better episodes of Spider-Man the animated series as well. What did you think out there? Did you like it better than we did? If you did, great. We can't take that away from you. I always want to hear from you. If you could let us know, go to my social media and tell me if you liked it better. If we're dead wrong, I definitely want to hear from you. I'm a person that always likes spirited debate. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Spectro. And you can find my Facebook, Matt Spectro, through the multiverse while you're there. Give me a like and give me a follow. I appreciate it. We also, every episode we discuss, 2022, a child comes across Spider-Man, the animated series, Enter the Punisher. We all have children. What do you think? Do they like it? Our, funnily enough, our oldest liked it. But he likes everything. But he, yeah, he he's he likes everything. So he's not really a, a a good gauge, I don't think. And then our youngest, he kind of paid attention for a little while. He's five. And then our middle child, who is seven, I think he enjoyed it. He did. Did he not? I don't. I thought it seemed like he sat and watched it. Maybe so. I I mean uh, that's 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 my gauge for for my kids. If they sit through it and it kept their attention, I'll say they liked it. I think that's fair. Uh, they they, they kind of kept their attention. I think most kids would probably enjoy it. I mean, they're not going to know anything about the Punisher probably going into it, so I don't think the complaints that we had are going to stick with them. It's a pretty entertaining Spider-Man episode, so I'm going to say. Yes, the cartoon holds up over time. Uh, even though I'm not really a fan of this episode, I, I think a child would like Spider-Man, the animated series, Enter the Punisher. Yeah, they have folks, and you can always share your opinion as well. I always want to hear from you. And if uh, you could also uh, subscribe to my podcast, I would like it as well. Every time I have a guest on, we have the free plug segment. This is it. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Plug away. You can find the Homewrecker podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We don't typically talk about animation or anything like that. But if you're into conspiracy theories. Anything paranormal. We talk about that kind of stuff. Sometimes we'll talk about pro wrestling, current events. We try to keep it light. We try But we only ask one thing if you listen to our show. Whether you agree or disagree, think. Think for yourself. Do your own research. And you can find us online. Um, We have a website, homewreckerpodcast.com. And we're on Twitter, at homewreckerpod. And uh, And we're on YouTube. Yes. And Brighteon. YouTube and Brighteon as well. So we have a video uh, version of the podcast that goes out weekly as well. If you want to find me on social media, I'm only on Twitter at the Alex Arion, and I'm very rarely on there. But feel free to reach out, and uh, I'll I'll interact if uh, if I ever check it. <laughs> and I am a certified hypnotherapist, so you can find me at my website, innerstandingshypnosis.com, and it's innerstandings, not understandings, because we don't stand up and underneath others to take in information we take that information and hold it within ourselves so it's inner 
outstandingshypnosis.com. And I am a certified hypnotherapist. And I also do tarot readings and I make organite. You can go to tarotbymonique.com to check that out. And I'm on Twitter underscore Monique Giselle underscore and that's Giselle with one L. All right. Beautiful. And uh, every uh, Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, you release a new episode. Yes, that is correct. If I may, I'm not just saying that because you guys are, I've been on my show on friends of mine. I always recommend their podcast because the variety is so all encompassing that if you don't like one topic, don't worry. The next week's going to be completely different than that topic. So uh, there's always going to be a topic that you can find if it's not this week, it'll definitely be the next week. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you all for joining us as uh, we're counting down to the one-year anniversary of Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Yeah. Like yes, sir. This is the countdown with our fourth most popular guest ever. If you want next year for them to be the number one most popular uh, guest ever, you need to recommend this episode. Yeah. Woohoo. That's right. Please and thank you. Coming for number one. Yeah. Well, everybody, when you're on top, everybody's trying to take you down. <laughs> so true. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you all for joining us. And join us again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior!